Isn't that wonderful? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, that is just beautiful. Great are you, Lord. Uh, and it's wonderful to come before you once again and to be able to share some word. I love this place. Yeah. I really love this place, and I love all of you. And um, this is bittersweet, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful growth spirit for me because my spirit soars every time I walk through the door. And uh, the growth that I've been able to experience here, I'm taking forth with the full armor of God and branching out. And it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a wonderful experience that I'll be able to share with you for years to come as long as the Lord tarries and the creek don't rise. But uh, since it is Father's Day and all of our glorious fathers that are out in this audience and going to listen to this in the future, we praise all of you because we can tell that Fathers are important. And we're going to talk about the best father tonight. Because uh, the good, good father is on the list of discussion. Now, fatherhood in general, as we come into this, these special things that is fatherhood being the male and the loving females that we have in our lives that we go together to create children because without them we can't be fathers so let's talk about fathers we all have one some better than others all human and all of us are designated by God, whether we like it or not. Because what God brings together, let no man put asunder. Human fathers, with all of our limitations in experience, in timing, shortness of love, immaturity, fear, questions, ability... How do we know what to do? We don't unless we look in the manual. Some of us have fallen way short of that, definitely myself included. I didn't look in the manual. And it's a privilege now to go forward with the sword of the Spirit. But raising my children, I didn't take advantage of what the teachings of God provided. And I know that I am shared by millions of other men because 
when we look in the manual, we find things like Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sometimes we don't make this choice. And here's what happens. Chaos ensues. Father, by definition, is a biological chromosome donor, which results in procreation. This is where the path begins. And men, in general, sorry, make a multitude of decisions in these events, in these moments. They stay or go. They love or run. They get scared or they man up. Let's look at the situation when it happens when we don't man up. When men leave fatherless homes are responsible for lower education potential, higher adolescent female pregnancy, higher high school suicide rates, more reliance on government programs in life, total poverty, higher rate of incarcerations. In 2008, 40.6% of all newborns in the U.S. were born to unmarried couples. So there's a lack of morality that has swum over every country, everywhere, in the horrible rampaging here in the United States when the sanctity of marriage has been given up or, you know, it's okay to have extra or pre or during just scattered, uh, everything's okay, like they bragged about during this abortion crisis that it's all okay or the time of free love is over. That lack of morality is a searing blot and it leads to a lack of responsibility. When men stay and involved in their upbringing of their children, all those things change. Not saying that we're perfect, not saying that we're great or sometimes even present. We all make mistakes. There's only one that's been perfect. And like Brother Terry said today, we need to keep running towards that course, right? So there's still problems because we're all human. But Genesis 2.24 says this. Man shall leave his father and his mother and shall become united and cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And in becoming one flesh, they have the privilege and wonder of God that makes them fathers and mothers. And we don't discount what the mother does at all. She is the partner through life and she needs to be respected for what she does. Because there's lots of successful single mothers out there that have raised wonderful kids that are doctors and lawyers and professional people and, and even pastors and 
You know, people rise above. And we thank God for that ability to rise above any situation because he gives us that. And this is God's plan. Fatherhood is tough. All life is precious. And not one of us is perfect. I look at my grandfather (laughs) who raised 18 children. Yes, my grandfather who raised 18. He raised them being born in 1870. He started out young. But can you imagine what it was like to live in the Old West? This was six years after the Civil War he was born. And he lived to be 96 years old. So the things that he saw between 1870 and 1966 when he went to be with the Lord, because he was a God-fearing man, because he would have had to have been. Raising 18 children would have drove him crazy otherwise. When my father was born, the second of his second group, he was already 61 years old. And my father lived to be 90. So this is what he saw. He saw two world wars, the Depression. He moved to Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl. Poverty. Extreme. We have no idea today what they endured during the Depression and during the Dust Bowl and during those times when everything was so scarce that, and he had to feed these hungry mouths. And he still taught them how to love and be self-sufficient. Psalms 34, 19. Many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. This is what the book tells us. This is the strength we have behind us. This is what our forefathers have shown us. In the creation of this country, they had the fortitude to come forth and create something where they could freely worship, where they could freely believe in the God that brought them out of the old country. It's a terrible thing that we're doing with it now. But God delivers us out of it all. My father, on the other hand, he had won. And I, of course, was no trouble. I was no challenge at all, no. He only had to bail me out of jail twice. and I remember the first time when I got caught with, well, I was underage drinking, and the officer made me pour out all my beer beside the road. God, that hurts when you're a teenager. Oh, good cop, yeah. Took me in, scared me straight, you know. But Dad was there. And he was there for me, not with a switch in hand. He was there with his disappointed face. And and I knew I'd let him down. Because he was a real docile and kind individual when I was a kid. 
and it taught me a lot to be patient and understanding even in the times when you're a whole lot of trouble because you never know when those times are going to creep up and you got to be prepared for anything with children I know in raising my own I made a tremendous amount of mistakes because my father wasn't there all the time when I was little he was a truck driver and he was gone my mom was the one that was there she was the disciplinarian she was the caretaker she was the one that I loved more than anything and when she went to home to be the Lord when I was far too young not near as young as pastor and his father but like he had a caring mother I had a caring mother and she did a pretty good job and I knew she loved me and I knew that I could honor him when I had the chance and that's what brought me here let's look at Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen. withhold not discipline from the child for if you strike and punish him with the reed like rod he will not die I went through my share of that and of course that's illegal now but we were told in Texas that it was okay so we spared not the rod. <laughs> we didn't spoil our children, but still they made mistakes, and so did we. But I think one of the wonderful things about our Word of God is that it shares with us some commandments that we need to adhere to, and one of them is Exodus 20. Regard, treat with honor, do obedience. Oh, that's a big one, obedience. And courtesy, your father and mother. And it's the only commandment with the promise that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God gives you. How wonderful it is to be able to have time, a chance to honor our fathers and mothers and to show them that you have matured in a good way and to be there for them when they really need it even though they're stubborn even though sometimes they don't want it but I tell you what when they need it and you're there they really appreciate it and I had the privilege of doing that for my father because he really needed it and he appreciated it and he told me so As an active father myself, I started too young, loaded with, loaded with mistakes. And thank God he watches over us sinners. What a good, good father that we have. We can't go back, but thank God that we have redemption. Because he redeems the time. He gives us the chance to make amends. To learn how to forgive and ask for forgiveness. And that has been the most wonderful gift 
that I have ever been able to get from my father was to ask him to forgive me and him say that he wanted my forgiveness as well. Because love overcomes a multitude of sins. Look at what God has done for us. John 3.16 For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son, his unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction or be lost, but have eternal, everlasting, never-ending, always life. So we go forward in his presence, knowing that he will never leave us nor forsake us. James 1.17. We heard this this morning. Every good and perfect gift and every perfect, large, full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light, in the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, because he never changes. How much can we rely on the truth, guys? Never changes. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a relief? Isn't that precious, something to hold on to? Our Father, we're so weak in our human condition, but our Father is perfect, pure, always there, and always giving. Because what has He done? Second <laughs> Peter 1.3 for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. If we're called, which every one of us are, because we're here, we're breathing his air. His breath is in our lungs. First John 3, 1 and 2. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given? She's shown and bestowed upon us that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, or acknowledge Him. Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. How incredible is that? It is not yet disclosed, made clear what we shall be there hereafter. But we know that when he comes and he is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like him. For what we shall see him just as he is, he really is. What a promise. What a guarantee. Sealed in the Spirit. 
knowing that our Father watches over us in every way, in every form, gives us all of his wonderful gifts. And as children of, of God, he gives us all things. We want for nothing. He is our shepherd. It says, be content with what you have, knowing that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What shall I fear? There is nothing, for our God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Any day, any time, anywhere, we can boldly proclaim our love for Christ and fear nothing. All the apostles did until they were dead. Everybody that ever met Jesus had a chance to follow him. Now we get to pick up our cross every day and enjoy it because we count all things unto joy. Because, oh, for a little while, while we're here, just a breath of smoke, our Father watches over us. That's why I love this scripture right here. Colossians 1, 13. <laughs> the Father has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us, us, into the kingdom of his dear Son that he loves. We are set apart. We desire every day to run that race that makes us closer to him because he said, be holy because I am holy. Be set apart because I don't want you running around with that riffraff anymore. Love them. Tell them about me. Share my story of me giving my son. And if they draw to me, then that's another one that can be called children of God. You be the example. That's what Jesus was. How tough it was for him. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to give up my heavenly rank and my realm to come down and be a servant in the flesh that got to dwell among us and we knew him not. But imagine how tough it was for him. His father checked on him constantly. <laughs> you know, we got away with stuff, you know. But not from his father. Because we didn't know our father when we was young. We always got to sneak around, do stuff. Jesus, he didn't do that. He knew that he had constant communication with his father. His father was everywhere. Oh, we thought we was fooling somebody exactly just ourselves because his watchful eye is over every one of us he loves us so much he knows the hairs on our head he knew us before we were knitted together in our mother's womb and none of this can be found out until you start digging in and feeding on this the manual the key the inspired word of God 
Jesus was always under a microscope. When he was 12, his family left him in Jerusalem, but his father knew where he was because he was doing his father's business, even as a child. Oh, that we could have done that, been after his father's business, our father's business. Because that was exactly how Jesus liked it. That's why on the cross he said, My Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our Father in heaven is so perfect he can't look upon sin. And for a moment in time he was all alone. Because his Son has absorbed every bit of our sin and taken it into himself. And our Father in heaven had to turn his back How does a God that's outside of time experience complete aloneness when his only son has just passed? He's alone in the universe. I can't imagine what that felt like. And I know what it's like to lose a child. But the most perfect child that was ever born sent for a purpose such as this those three days even knowing the plan and the outcome and what was going to happen God must have been in torment why can't we fear him more why can't we respect him more the creator of all things the earth and all that's in it belongs to him and we scoff at him. And we spit at him and we mock him. It's horrible to think what we do to our father. There's no honor in that. We have regrets. Especially when we find out what the other side is like when we truly fall in love with our Lord Jesus and our master in heaven, our God the creator of us all. In Mark 10, 18, even Jesus said to them, this was the young rich man, he said, why do you call me? Essentially and perfectly morally good. There is no one. No one essentially and perfectly morally good. Except God alone. Jesus, the son of God. God in the flesh. Lived a perfect life. And humbled himself to know that the only perfect thing in the world. Above the world. Beneath the world. In the universe. Was his father in heaven. We need to acknowledge him like that. We need to give him that much respect. We need to know that only when we are known fully and fully known will we be perfect like him. We yearn for that day, don't we? Hallelujah. And he was obedient unto death, even death on a cross, all according to God's plan. The resurrected Jesus himself said in John 20, 17, I am ascending to my Father 
and to your Father. Your Father. Each and every one of us can have a personal relationship with our Father because of the death and resurrection of the Son. The veil was torn. We can boldly approach the throne. He is our Father. He is there forevermore. He is there to answer every problem, every question, every prayer, every need. Like Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Ask anything in my name and it will be given unto you. What better promise is there? Trust, believe, receive. He will be a father to the fatherless. He will love you no matter where you are. Like I said this morning, how long are we going to eat the sheaves they feed to pigs? Are we going to come to our senses and come to the Father and race to the cross and lay down everything and enjoy the love of the Father and wear the crown and the robe and munch down on the fatted calf? This is the promises that He has for us. This is our Father. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be his name. So by the Son, we are told he is ours, and we accept him. And we are born again by the Spirit. And we get to indulge in the wonderful word given to Paul in Romans 8. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery. He doesn't want slaves or robots. He has taken away our bondage to fear. We need to respect Him and love Him with everything, every part of our being, all of our strength, everything that he has given us, because it's all really his anyway. Let's love him with everything we are. Church, we need to instill this in everybody that we see and meet and talk with. Let them see it in you, because greater is he that is in you. You have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share in his suffering if we are to share in his glory. So though we suffer for a little while, 
it is nothing compared to the glory that we receive. We count all things unto joy because we know that every one of our brotherhood throughout the world is experiencing the same things because we're all human. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But how much can we thank Him for His long-suffering? How much can we thank Him for the gift of His Son? How much can we thank Him we can thank Him down on our knees every day. We can thank Him in our prayer closet. We can thank Him behind the wheel of our car. We can thank Him in front of other people. Because if you acknowledge me, Jesus says, in front of others, I will acknowledge you in front of my Father. How much can we love the Father? Every fiber of us is not good enough. But one day we will be. One day will be good enough. One day he will shower upon us something that we have never seen. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend the things that he has planned for us. Let's love our Father. Let's believe beyond any shadow of a doubt that he's our Father that he gives us all things. Can we do that today, church? Can we believe? Can we thank him for everything, every breath in our lungs, every one of our children that are his children, everything that we thought that we knew and that we own? We are nothing but what he is through us as his ambassadors as his hands and feet our God is the spirit of all truth and all knowledge and I can't wait to know more because my hunger will never cease in trying to reach the hem of his garment that is coming toward me every day because he meets you where you are. When you run to him, he's running to you. He sees you afar off. And he comes to meet you. My son, you're home. You were dead, and now you're alive. You were blind, and now you see. And all we can do is just fall at his feet and say, thank you, Papa. Thank you for being there for us every day. Not just on Father's Day. Every day is Father's Day. So he is a good, good father. So in closing... I'd like to say a wonderful thank you for this place of restoration that has introduced me to how big and wonderful and awesome that our Father is. I will never forget, and I hunger even more 
than when I walked through these doors three years ago. And it is nothing but blessings that I have for each and every one of you because we have been given power and authority that we need to use to experience, to believe in, and to know that we can trust in His promises each and every day. We want our candlestick back. Our power is here. It's right here where He lives. And I can't thank you enough. As I pray for each and every one of you. Abba, we thank you for being our perfect Father and teaching us every day how to be better fathers and men and to be ambassadors for you to show the children that you gave us to make your children better. And we praise you, Lord, for this time that we get to experience you and to love you and to know you more through your word. For you are a good, good father that we love and appreciate, admire and exalt, and hold number one most high in our lives as we keep reaching higher towards you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for every moment that we spend in your light. In Jesus' name, give us the grace and authority that we need just to be better. We love you. Amen.